Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. And we continue with the gospel reading. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. I want to make one note about this, two notes about the sermon. One, during the sermon, I talk about the conversation between Philip and Nathaniel that we just heard. I mix up the two names. Uh, during the recording of the sermon, um, I say what Nathaniel said, I say Philip said it. And what Philip said, I said Nathaniel said it. So just know, I recognize I got, I mix up those two names. Also, as I talk, I am not just, I'm critiquing the whole church at large, not just Holy Trinity. It's something that we all have to deal with, Um, whether it is specifically here. It's what churches in general are known for. Um, And I'll talk about this come and see, and I talk about what people hear when they are invited to church. What that frequently, what is that baggage that frequently carries with it? So whether or not it might be something that occurs specifically at our at Holy Trinity. It is out there by the larger church is what people assume they hear, and therefore we have to deal with it as well. So I'm not just critiquing us, I'm critiquing the church at large. So hopefully that made sense, but on to the sermon. 
I want to talk about a brief conversation that occurred within this larger passage reading. To be honest, it's a little confusing because there's a lot of different conversations having between a lot of different people. But near the beginning, we have a conversation, I believe it's between Nathaniel and Philip, in which Nathaniel says, hey, essentially he says, we found what we have been looking for. And it comes out, we found the one from the line of Moses, right? The one who is supposed to save us, the one who's going to rescue us, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. And Philip's response is one, nothing good comes from Nazareth. He's like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, we're looking for this. But you can't be right because if it's from Nazareth, no way. I know Nazareth. And what we're looking for is good, and Nazareth is not good. Therefore, that cannot be it. And Nathaniel's response is very simple. It's only three little words. Come and see. Nathaniel doesn't get into this debate to try and prove, well, let me tell you more. Or let me tell you why you're wrong or try and present this big argument uh, to intellectually convince Philip that Jesus is the one they were looking for. Nathaniel's response is three little words, come and see. And I think the church can learn a lot from that today. Because I don't know if you've noticed, the church sometimes can get into arguments. (laughs) Uh, Not just within a church, but with in the larger community, trying to prove who's right and who's wrong and why you can't believe this or why you can't believe that or why you have to believe A, B, and C, all of those kind of things. And that has greatly damaged the reputation of the church or the influence of the church is because people, first and foremost, think Church is about convincing somebody about a basic set of beliefs that you have to believe hook, line, and sinker. And then those actions have to be rigid and follow right along with that as well. And that's not what people are looking for. People are looking for something else. If you do a quick search on Google, you're going to come across a whole lot of different studies. You're going to come across a whole lot of um, different researchers or scientists, uh, formal ones, informal ones. But if you do a quick search and what are people looking for in life, you will find some common themes. What are people looking for in life? In fact, if I were to ask people here in the sanctuary, like I commonly do, if what are you looking for in life? And if you could raise your hand, I'm willing to bet some of these answers I'm about to share are the same ones, some of the same ones that you would share also. You're looking for peace. You're looking for love. You're looking for contentment. You're looking for acceptance. You're looking for forgiveness. You're looking for financial security. You're looking for some of these basic human needs. And sometimes don't you feel like the whole world is running around like a chicken with their head cut off, looking for them in all the wrong places, in places that ultimately aren't going to give it. 
aside from financial security. But this is where the church deals with financial security. I think it makes you change, think differently about the use and purpose of money. So no, being a Christian, being a member of a church is not going to make you rich. I don't think God wants you to be rich. I think God wants you to have peace, acceptance, forgiveness, right? Um, and in doing so, you won't look to financial security for those things. It changes your relationship with money. But back to this conversation that we had in the scriptures. When Nathaniel talks to Philip, he names a common thing that they were looking for. There's a commonality there, right? They both know they are looking for the one who is to come in the line of Moses. They have their hopes in that. And therefore, Nathanael speaks to Philip using common language. Remember, we're both looking for this. I think I found it. When we invite people to church or talk to people about our faith, do we use that common language of what they're looking for, of what we're looking for, and let the conversation spring from there? One of the primary reasons I came to be a pastor is I remember teaching sixth, seventh grade science. And I really liked the kids. But I saw issues going on that for me, I didn't want to address through seventh grade science. I would look around. And as I'd be in schools or interact with parents, go into coaching, have conferences, all of those kind of things, oh my gosh, you see the hurting that people are going through. You see the struggles that people have. You know what I'm talking about because you deal with them also. I deal with them. And through a lot of conversations with the Vicky and others, I thought or I asked myself, if this is what I see going on, how do I want to help address it? Do I want to continue doing that through sixth, seventh grade science and coaching and other things? Or is there a better way to do it? And around that time, I had some experiences that helped me find peace, acceptance, love, forgiveness, and I thought, this is what other people are looking for. How can I find a way to help them find that also? Hence, I go to seminary, uh, I go become a pastor, and now you have to put up with me here at Holy Trinity in Newington, simply because I think we're all looking for the same thing. Now, I don't have all the answers, but I think together, we're on the path to do that. Unfortunately, that is not the assumption that people have when they think about church or why they would be invited to church. They feel they're either being used as an object 
to fill a need here. And I think we approach people that way. Wow, we're struggling with money. We have to get more people here. Why do you want more people here? Simply because you need more money? If I really knew that, if I wasn't part of the church, would I really want to attend that church when all they're cared about is not about me, but about my pocketbook? Right? We really need to get more people here because I'm getting burned out of having to do all these things. If I'm somebody else thinking about coming in, do I want to go into a place where other people are already burned out so I can enter into that and become burned out as well? <laughs> do you see where this is going? The other thing I think occurs when people feel like they're being invited to church, it's like, you better come to church so you can get saved so you can avoid hell. When maybe they don't even believe in hell to begin with, so why do I want to go to avoid something you're afraid of? <laughs> do you see there's this huge disconnect there? We don't approach inviting people to church based on what they're looking for and in reality what we really have to offer. Because if we are only concerned about getting people in because we're low on money, maybe we've misplaced the idea about what we're doing here to begin with. If we are only concerned about bringing people in so we have more volunteers to make this place function, then maybe we're not as concerned about what we're really here to do with to begin with. And I'm not just trying to be harsh toward Holy Trinity. I think that is an over, a, a prevailing attitude that seeps into every church. And I'm not saying that's the only thing that goes on here, but I know it's part of what goes on here because I have those concerns. And I think, wouldn't it be nice if? And I have to double check myself and say, wait a minute, why are we here? What is the purpose? What is the common thing every human is looking for? Peace, love, Forgiveness, acceptance. We may not know it, but can you change our relationship with money? That is the core of what we believe, right? Isn't that the core message of God being revealed through Jesus Christ, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are forgiven? This isn't changing our message to... Uh, 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 adapt to what the world wants to hear. This is what the world is crying out for, and we've lost our way, we've lost our place. And so what happens, we go out and we invite people, and they're like, well, I don't want to do this, or they say no, and then we get into an argument, we want to talk about theology, we want to talk about uh, whatever it might be, as opposed to just come and see. Right? They might say, well, I've had this bad experience. I've seen the church do this bad. And we want to defend those things and say, wait, wait, wait. As opposed to just saying, come and see. You're right. The church has done some horrible things in the past. I don't blame you for feeling that way. I agree with you. That bothers me also. And... In the midst of that, I find peace and love, and acceptance, and forgiveness. And my relationship with money has changed. That's what the world is looking for. That is what we have to offer. That is what we need to convey. If that is what we are known for, holy smokes, our pews would be filled. 
if that is what we would known for and not we're short on money, we're trying to save everybody, we just need more volunteers, we just, right, where we become the focus, where you are just, we're just trying to recruit you to fill our need or because we're afraid for you of something that you're not even concerned about, right? When maybe we think that's not even a, a legitimate concern from a Lutheran point of view. You are loved. Can we convey that love? You are accepted. Can we convey that acceptance? You are forgiven. Can we convey that forgiveness? Not for our sake. Whether we benefit it from it or not. Simply because that's what we are called to do. And the hope is we will grow, but that's not the point. Maybe we grow in different ways. Maybe the church takes a different form, right? Those are things we have to always be asking ourselves. This is what we've always done to convey what God is saying to us and how we convey it to the world. But if that is getting in the way of what people are hearing, then we got to say, oh my gosh, we need to re re repent from our sins, correct our ways, and do it a new way. So people hear what they need, want, are desperate to hear. So we can hear what we need, and I will say want, and are desperate to hear. Are you looking for love, forgiveness, acceptance? I am. Come and see. Amen.